0: to Parenthood Pals. I'm Avery Martin. I'm Tweb Martin.
1: And I'm Caleb Hoyer.
0: (laughs) I'm (laughs) Melissa Fite-Johnson.
1: And those adorable voices were the children of our guest, my sister Lindsay Martin. Yay. Hi Lindsay. Welcome. Hi.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for loaning your kids to us. Oh for a anytime. They're here They would have
2: done the whole episode if they had watched it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it and I love them and I love you. So people know our you know mutual team growing up. I have two older sisters. Lindsay's the younger of those. But could you tell us a little bit about your family now?
2: Sure. I have been married to my husband for eight years now. And then I have a wonderful stepson who's 12. And then together we have a six-year-old daughter, Avery, who you heard on there. And then Trip, who's four and a half. He just got that half in. He's very excited about it. (laughs) And then we just uh, almost six weeks ago now had another little girl, Austin. So got a bustling household over here. Congratulations. Thank
1: you. Yeah. I've gotten to meet Austin younger than I've met any of my other nieces and nephews. And she is so sweet. She's just a little lump, right? Well, when I saw her, (laughs) since I've seen her. Mm-hmm. But you said she started smiling since I was there.
2: Uh, just a little bit. It's not real reliable. She's pretty young to be smiling, so it's not very reliable. But we've gotten a couple. The first one was for Avery. And it just like she looked at her and the, just beaming from ear to ear. Oh. So that was pretty special. That Avery felt really special, too, because she's just falling all over herself for this baby. <laughs> so it was really, <laughs> it was really
1: sweet. Love that. Yeah. I forgot to ask you where you're joining us from. Oh,
2: I am in Kansas City, Missouri.
1: Yay, Casey Mo. Yeah. KCK, everyone. <laughs> That's right. And lastly, what was your history with the show Parenthood?
2: I had never watched it before you guys started doing this podcast. And in support of it, I wanted to have watched the show before I listened to the episode so I would have any idea what was going on. And just through pregnancy, insomnia, you know, I started and then I'd end up watching a couple episodes over a night just because I <laughs> couldn't sleep. So I had finished the the series while you guys were still on season one.
1: Wow. That is genuine support, everyone. <laughs> and Lindsay is one of our most supportive listeners. I always get a text or something mm-hmm. after she's listened to an episode saying, you know, like, oh, I really liked this guest or... This was a good one, or you never say anything bad, but <laughs> that's, that's very, also or, very here's, supportive. or here's
2: the parent perspective that you were missing in that. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. Or you've got you've had some salty opinions via text too. Like, <laughs> yeah, why is everyone letting Adam off the hook? He's that's Well, and that's the, you know, I
2: I enjoyed the series because I got through it so quickly, but I was never a huge fan of Adam. I don't think he's a terrible person, but I never saw him as this amazing father that, you know, he'd been put on the pedestal so many times. I didn't get that from him ever either. And you guys seem to be coming around to this stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's the,
1: one of
0: the most different characters this time around for me. Me too. I really would have thought, oh yeah, he's solid. He's responsible. He's so great. And watching it again, I'm like, he's like problematic as hell. Um, I <laughs> so, can't, I yeah. just keep noticing
1: how much he's like Zeke mm-hmm. with just like a little bit of like a veneer of respectability. Like he knows a but little he knows better that it's how not to blend in.
2: Necessarily appropriate <laughs> to react yeah. to what he does. And he will apologize. Whereas Zeke I'm not sure he ever apologized for anything he's ever done.
1: Right. (laughs) But I think, yeah, they're essentially the same person underneath that little thin layer.
2: I have trouble sometimes. I think she's great, but I have trouble with Monica Potter's voice sometimes that, it, that it's a little bit whiny. And so I'm like, I, I get your point, but it's a little hard to listen sometimes. Yeah. And then my other biggest, and that's minor. I, I still think she's great. I like her, but my other big beef was about Crosby. He always got such a bad rap. And just like in that argument with Jasmine, he's like, Oh, that's right. When you found me, I was in a gutter.
0: <laughs> you know, just
2: uh, unable to do anything for myself. I'm like, I don't get it. He's got a job. He has his yeah. own house. He's not a druggy drunk. You know, he seems to be taking care of himself. So his mom does his laundry. You know, we don't see, in, you know, maybe there were things that we just didn't see, but I just didn't understand the screw up rap that he had from the get go. It's
0: a good point. It almost feels to me like he's a, you know, air quote screw up just because he comes from this family where like Adam and Julia are more conventionally successful, maybe like Mm -hmm. they just picked more mainstream jobs, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. He.
2: Well, especially in this episode, you know, he's talking about he's leaving the studio he's at to start his own and he's like, people will follow me. And you have to be good at what you're doing and have a good rapport with people if that's something that you even see as viable, and people aren't just laughing you out of business from the get go,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: well put. I think this is going to be a great discussion. I'm already oh, good. excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are discussing season three, episode five, Nora. It was written by Jason. I feel like I said her name weird. No, Nora. 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 <laughs> Nora.
2: It's
1: very Nora. whimsical.
0: Real quick, do they even say that the baby's name is Nora in the episode?
1: Christina does. She says, this Mm -hmm. is Nora.
0: I watched it twice and somehow missed it both times. All right, keep going, keep going.
1: Uh, It was written by Jason Kadams, directed by Allison Liddy Brown. It originally aired on October 11th, 2011. And here's the NBC synopsis. Christina is rushed to the hospital by an unlikely accomplice, while Julia and Joel receive positive news on a possible addition to their family. Jasmine's choice of suitors begins to affect Crosby, while Sarah's ex, Seth, threatens to disrupt her relationship with Mark. Meanwhile, Amber begins to understand Max's mind and helps him mend his friendship with Jabbar. I thought we would start with the return of a notable guest star.
3: What's going on? Oh, just nothing. I'm hanging out in town.
4: Back in town, huh? You want
3: to hang, you know, like the old days, the music out and play guitars and just, you know. Hang out and sing. You know, you got a guitar in there? You're drunk. No, I'm not. Hey, Captain Morgan, why don't you just give us a little minute here, yes. huh? Come here.
4: Come over here and talk to me. I had I a can't drink. can't believe you're drunk. I oh had one God. drink. What happened, Seth? What happened?
3: I quit the band.
4: Why? I got
3: Well, they fired me, but then I quit. Oh,
4: right, Seth, you gotta go. You gotta oh, get out of here. Oh, man,
3: why? Because I'm interrupting your time with your boy toy. Hey, Captain, I told you you to give us some privacy. Don't talk
4: to him. Listen to me. Listen, why don't I call you a cab, okay? And you can just go. I
3: got nowhere to go. I'm staying at this hotel. I got, I couldn't get my credit card into the thing, so. Do you need money? I got money in the bank.
4: Okay, well, what do you, what was your plan? What are you going to do? Sarah,
3: what the hell's going on? Oh, Oh, God. God. Off of there.
4: Dad, I got it the hell you do? Dad, it's okay.
3: Uh, no, it's he's not okay. It's Papa Bear. No,
4: it's, um, hey, why
3: don't you mind your own business, old
1: Dad, man? Hey, hey, hey! No, hey! <laughs> get no, the hell out no. of here! i am like Drew to see you now, you drunken
3: Dad, please, please, get please! Your ass I got out it under control, now.
1: Dad! Go on! Drew's gonna hear me. I'm talking hey, about you! Hey,
4: hey, you guys, no, no! Stop!
3: You get
1: off my property,
3: Come on! Okay, hey, I'm leaving! Yeah, let me see!
4: Dad, he's drunk, he needs a cab. Like the walk
1: that
0: escalated quickly.
1: Yeah. Now before we discuss, I have something to just for us cuz you know, nothing works on a podcast like visual humor. But I thought I'd do a little side by side Captain Morgan and Jason Ritter. I'll, we'll post this on our social media. <laughs> there there definitely is a resemblance.
2: Oh yeah, that was going to be one of my first comments about the scene like, you know what? He does look like Captain Morgan. <laughs> Thank you for pointing it out, Seth.
0: <laughs> I really enjoyed that right after the clip we, we played. I mean, it's obvious that Mark doesn't know what to say, and he's his go-to is humor for, like, diffusing difficult situations. I imagine he does that in the classroom. I do. And I like that instead of being like, what the hell just happened? He was like, you don't think I look like Captain Morgan. Yeah. To you. He has I the swirlies.
2: That. I don't have those. So. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> But I, I thought that this was a pretty effective introduction to a different side of Seth than we saw last season. Because last season, he was always sober. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty, I don't want to say easy to feel like compassion for him. But it was easy to be like, oh, Amber, give him a second chance. Because mm-hmm. he was always of sound mind. And this was so different. And, and mm-hmm. it was a glimpse into like, oh, here's why she couldn't just get over it. And I also thought the, um, I mean, aside from the like dangerous aspect of addiction, just showing up and finding him there, I thought the unpredictability of that and the randomness of it, Lindsay. It reminded me of an aunt of ours who would frequently visit with no advanced warning. She lived nowhere near us. Would
0: she be totally drunk?
1: No, not <laughs> no, at all. Not sorry, at
0: all. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and she, she's, uh,
1: she's a very good person. So it wasn't like, ugh. This person's here. But she would call from like half an hour away and say, I'm coming to stay for two days. Mm. And then it's like, oh, so I guess the next two days are now not about what we thought they'd be about. It's all about this person. And that's what it reminded me of with Seth. Like, oh, now Sarah has to fit him in to Mm -hmm. whatever her life is right now.
2: Yeah. I couldn't remember when they had talked about him before, you know, clearly he had substance abuse problems, but was he ever physically violent with any of them? I don't think they ever said that he was. Cause I didn't remember because, you know, I know that Zeke was not a fan of him, but I never felt like she was in any danger. You know, I feel like Zeke came out guns blazing And, you know, he got physical with him. And I'm like, is he a physical drunk? I didn't remember them ever speaking about that to where he would be, you know, she would be physically in danger. It's just a nuisance to
1: have him showing up on your doorstep. Right. I think that's right. I don't think he ever was.
0: I don't think he was either. And so I think think they
1: would have said.
0: Yeah. And I think Zeke is just the type who has good intentions, but he just makes everything worse. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was already heightened and then it just, well, forget it. I mean, he didn't make that situation better, um, although he did get him to leave. So maybe I guess there's an argument to be made that that was better.
1: Although I did feel like Sarah's approach, it seemed like she clearly had done this before, Mm -hmm. had handled this before. And she was taking the exact opposite approach. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to him. Let's calm him down. Let's figure out some basic information, not yell at him and throw him to the ground. Right. <laughs> In yes. fairness, I don't think Zeke pushed him. I think he just kind of like... Juked him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> And then I think Seth just fell over.
2: Well, he was yeah, drunk it and was Zeke un- was unnecessarily a team. Was drunk. drunk. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Didn't take much to topple him. It would be, I felt so bad for Sarah in the scene because Mark was there. Oh my God. And having that play out in front mm-hmm. of someone, you're still in that early phase. With. Deer
2: in the headlights. I felt like the look on his face, like, what are we doing right now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't
2: seem the type to have really witnessed a lot of drunken <laughs> confrontations like that in his life. No.
1: And even Zeke, I think would be embarrassing to have, oh, and this oh, is my yeah. dad. Like
2: my dad. He's a Yeah. He is a handful.
1: Well, Mark and Sarah discussed this later on in the episode in what I thought was a really nice scene.
4: So I'm sorry that it was like the Jerry Springer show at my house. You <laughs> don't have to apologize. It's just, uh... Um... I'm sorry. It's okay. Just so you know, he's been doing great for a long time. He slipped.
1: Okay, so that was... Okay.
4: Does so that makes sense? I wasn't sure if this that was like a, a thing that happens, but that he, he's been sober for a, a good chunk of time? Yeah, look, it's um, the choice I made 20 years ago that I'll live with the rest of my life. And um, at times he's been really great, you know? Even when he's not great, he's still
1: family yeah i understand that i mean everyone has members of their family that are difficult to deal with for one reason or another do you Um, yeah like
4: like who's who well who in your family is the
1: uh, yeah i mean like you don't really have one i'm sure i do i'm sure i do but no i mean the point is that i at least i understand i've read a lot of books about people (laughs)
4: um
1: Sarah Braverman? I've
4: just wanted to do that <laughs> since I came in. Mr. Sear. Yes. Did what you see make you want to run away? I would understand if it did. No. No. No, I, I do not want to run away.
0: I always liked them together.
1: Me too. Me three. Uh,
0: I, I think he's really pretty exceptional. I mean, because as m- much as you like a person, I, th- that would shake me up. It would. Oh, hi, Austin. Uh, she's a grunter. So I, I hope if you caught any grunts, <laughs> you can get those out. Of there. <laughs> it just adds authenticity to this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I thought I really loved Sarah's line about that. It was a choice she made 20 years ago. Cause that felt so true to me. Like, Some choices do have repercussions that last a long, long time. And that's why you should take who you have children with seriously. Because Mm -hmm. you're never going to be. You are
2: tied to them for life. Yeah,
1: for life. And she's totally right. And I I sympathize with her feeling of devotion to him. Like she can't wash her hands of it because he's her kid's dad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How do you two think Sarah handled broaching that topic?
0: With Mark in that scene right there? Yeah. Very well, I thought. I liked that she made the joke about the Jerry Springer show first to just <laughs> like, you know, ease the tension. What did you think, Lindsay?
2: Well, and to reiterate that she realizes it was over the top because that's yeah. such a, a stereotype of that show is that everything was just crazy and a little bit unrealistic. And to realize that that situation was over the top and not the norm. And she didn't see that as something that was necessarily appropriate to be happening, especially in front of Mark. So I th- I thought it was, it was good, you know, talking about it later where nobody's yelling at each other and nobody's drunk and you can have a, a real conversation <laughs> about it. And then yeah. I thought it was great of her to ask if it scared him. And I'm sure it was a genuine concern of hers, but that she could speak up for herself and not wonder you know oh does he think i'm crazy now just ask him
1: (laughs) yeah so simple she's making herself quite vulnerable though because Mm -hmm. had he had the other answer i mean but i i totally agree that she did the right thing because if if i were her i would want to know like if this is too much just tell me right now because she's not gonna cut him loose
0: you know i will say this scene it didn't remind me of something from my life in the moment. But now that we're talking about it, I won't go into too much detail, just in case my mom ever listens. (laughs) But I will say, Mark, my Mark and I had been together probably six or seven months, so pretty early. And I had moved back in with my mom for a couple months. And my mom was seeing this terrible person who I've, I've mentioned before. And Mom and I had agreed that I didn't have to have like a relationship with him. I was 22. I could just be cordial. Hello. Goodbye. And Mark and I had a date. And then we went back to my house, which was also my mom's house. We went to my room and I said hi to mom's boyfriend as we went to my room. And we were just having the loveliest night. Like I remember we went to dinner and then we were just playing Nintendo in my room. It was very calm. And my mom poked her head in and said, uh, do you two want to look at, I won't use his name, but like my my boyfriend's photos? And I said, not really, <laughs> we're on a date. And, and I, you know, I didn't like him at all. And she looked very mad and then left. And Mark just said to me, I think maybe we should have looked at the photos. (laughs) And then right as if we were in a TV show, she burst back in and was just furious. And she and I got into this huge fight. And then that turned into me getting into a huge fight with the boyfriend. And it was insane. And then Mark and I left my house and I was humiliated. I was like, oh no. And like, I remember he and I went to a bar, a very quiet bar and each just had a drink. And I was like, are you freaked out? (laughs) And he said, no. So it kind of really parallels. It was different because it wasn't my ex. It was my mom's kind of tumultuous relationship, which thankfully is no more. But I think it is a weird thing when I think Sarah mostly has a pretty normal life but she does have this like area that can cause drama. And I had, I think, a pretty normal life, but I did have this one area. My mom had this terrible relationship that caused drama. And it's so vulnerable, I think, when that spills into the nice normal relationship you're trying to start. Mm -hmm. And so I mentioned that because I think it could happen to a lot of people, even people who have a pretty steady life you know there are those things that can infiltrate
1: yeah and it speaks to the larger issue of if you're going to be in a serious relationship with someone which i feel like mark and sarah even though it's new we can tell that they're Mm -hmm. they're after something very serious people's families are a part of that and you're gonna if if you're gonna go you know all the way you're going to have to marry into their whole family. And that's, Seth is Sarah's family. Absolutely. That's true. That would be tricky.
0: Very tricky. And and, I mean, like you said, when you're going to be serious with someone, it is by nature such an intimate, vulnerable thing because- I feel like I'm authentic almost all of the time, but I also feel like there is the version of me that is uncomplicated and funny and like, you know, that's the 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 me that I project to people. I don't know all that well. And then there's the, the messy stuff, you know, the kind of the and the insecurities and just all that stuff that's kind of buried. And I think that's the hard part of having a relationship is letting someone into all of that. And then being afraid that maybe they only liked the uncomplicated shiny version. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And your family's a part of you that you can't change.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's not like, Oh, Melissa, I'm using, you as an example. No, right feel oh, Melissa, you're so insecure. You can say, Oh, I'll work on that. And you know, your partner can help you. Yeah. But oh Melissa your fill in the blank relative drives me nuts. Well, you but, can't yeah. do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. You could cut them out of your life, but that's quite a big thing to ask. Yeah. Someone.
0: And Sarah's never going to cut like Zeke out of her life and she's not going to cut Seth, Seth out, out either and she shouldn't. Right. Although, do we know why he I mean like what happened to make him fall off the wagon? He seemed like he was doing so well. Is this just like It's the band. For him? They the band kicked him out. Why do you think they did? Because I assume they kicked him out because he started drinking, but maybe he started drinking because they kicked him out.
2: Oh, I assumed from his story that he was drinking because the one thing he
1: had going for him
0: was no mm-hmm. more. I think mm-hmm. you're
1: right. Well, oh, that's sad. And it just, I remember when Amber was warning Hattie about dating an alcoholic, she said, you know, my dad would have longer stretches. Mm-hmm. And then he would just, I mean, so I think it's just a yeah. vicious cycle too. I did think the tail end of this episode, the very last scene when Sarah goes to find Seth, phone call in the middle of the night again, oh mm-hmm. I thought I was gonna sleep, but instead this night's gonna be about Seth. Oh I ugh, I thought it was just awful. And when Seth said you came to her, to me it seemed like he was testing her almost. Like I'm gonna call and see if you'll still hop too. Oh. I, I thought it was somewhere.
2: more it seemed to me more genuine surprise that she hadn't just washed her hands of the whole thing and like, well, I'm just going to let you bleed behind that dumpster. I don't really care because I've I've got mm-hmm. Captain Morgan now. I don't need you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a much more generous interpretation. I don't think he was literally, but, but the, I don't know. Yeah, yours yours is better.
0: Well, now I'm so torn. I don't know which one I think it is. I... I, I kind of got like a romantic vibe off of that, which I really didn't get last season. I mean, I, their chemistry was palpable, but it felt like it was a history yeah. and they weren't threatening to make it a present. And there was something about him saying, you came and like the way she was looking at him that I was like, oh, no, don't know. You do have Captain Morgan and he may be the perfect man. Like, just chill out. Like, I don't know. And And then I wondered. But that doesn't seem like a hard choice. It doesn't to me, but some Perfect people... Perfect
1: English teacher or bleeding... <laughs> bleeding behind bum, the dumpster. Bum in a dumpster.
0: But some people... Like, am I crazy to say... She seemed more intrigued by Seth bleeding behind the dumpster than she ever did last season when he was okay. And maybe she was just worried about him. Maybe that's not, like, romantic or something. But some people really find... It appealing to take care of a person, to be mm. needed on that deep visceral level. And someone like Sarah, who's that insecure, I could see this appealing to her. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong.
2: Well, and with their split, I'm not sure she ever said, you know, I just fell out of love with him. It sounded like right. the, her main reason for the divorce was the alcoholism and that he wasn't dependable and that he was not a good role model for the kids. And she just needed to break free from the disease. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. we were, uh, at least I never believed that she stopped loving him.
0: Yeah, it's a very good point. So
2: to see somebody who you do love, whether you're romantic or not, in such a, a terrible place, I would think would be heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Even if she didn't love him, you know, at one point she did. And that's a tough spot to see anybody in. Cause I think True. she's a genuinely caring person that could have been a stranger. And I think she, you know, she would have looked twice for sure and done what she could. Yeah.
1: And she must feel such an obligation on her kids behalf too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was, it would be a tough spot. I mean, I wrote down, it, it would be striking that balance of you don't want to abandon someone who needs help, but how many times do you help them before you're just enabling them? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. If I'm there for you every time you fall, What incentive do you have to stop falling? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But. It's a good question. But you can't, I, yeah. Which is why I feel like there was
2: that surprise in his voice that, oh, Mm. you came. Yeah. You know, because I've done this over and over and over and over and you're still showing up for me. Yeah. Even though you're in a relationship, you're still showing up for me.
1: Wow. Wow. Now it's kind, now I find it kind of touching (laughs) because it is a sign of like genuine love.
0: I don't know. Yes, I totally agree with everything you guys just said. But now I'm thinking about my ex who was an alcoholic. And the last time I saw him was just a few years ago in the public library. And he was obviously altered, I think drugs probably. And it was awful to see him that way, even though I haven't, you know, been in love with him in a very, very long time. But because we don't have kids, we were able to make clean break. And if he were in trouble, he would not call me and I would not go to him. You know, it's, it's interesting if Sarah and Seth were just a couple and didn't have kids, I wonder if then she would have gone to the dumpster to help him, you know, probably not. He would just be someone she used to be married to and they would have closure. But those kids, man, uh, it, they're the most wonderful part of her life, but they also, yeah, tie, tie her to him forever. Now,
1: I don't know if this is too personal, but have you ever picked your mom's brain or heard stories about what her experience was like being married to an alcoholic?
0: Oh, yeah, that was my dad. My dad was an alcoholic. You know, it's so interesting. I think all alcoholics are addicted in different ways, right? Like my ex was kind of scary, actually. And I don't think my dad ever was. My mom would say that my dad was just... How do I put this? He would just talk her ear off all night about like politics. Like he would just rave and like not let her sleep because he was so like the injustices of the world. And I mean, that's kind of that, that's not very stable or good, but it was never, you know, anything scary. I don't think she ever had to go like get him, you know, behind a dumpster. We just keep (laughs) saying that. But yeah, I mean, eventually it was untenable. And my parents uh, divorced for a year before I was born. Um, and then they got back together. And they got back together once he got sober and went to AA. And I can't remember if they waited the full year that they were supposed to. <laughs> but well, it's funny because I feel like
1: people who split up usually say, you know, it wasn't any one thing. But in their case, it kind it, of was, was one, one thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's a good one thing.
0: Which, Lindsay, you bringing that up makes me think how interesting if Seth hadn't been an addict, maybe they wouldn't have divorced uh, because it wasn't a matter of. That was kind of the the impression that I
2: got, but it was just. I think you're right. That that made the situation unhealthy for the family.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And maybe if they hadn't had kids, she would have stuck it out, too, you know, because she could take it. But putting the kids Mm. in an unhealthy environment was not something she was willing to do.
1: Yeah.
0: boy, Fascinating. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, Seth was barely in this episode. He's so good. Like, it just draws it out. Like, really, this whole storyline got very little screen time. And yet, it was just, it it hit a real.
1: And I'm realizing now how smart of them to introduce us to him sober.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So we see him charming. We see him making an effort we see him aware of his impact on others before we see this side of him because if this was how we met him it would be so easy to be like don't go and don't answer the phone call (laughs) to side with zeke in all the situations right Right. (laughs) absolutely
0: yeah well and
1: i still feel for zeke because i'm just thinking about you know he's looking after his child Mm -hmm. and i think he probably just thinks well this is the worst thing that ever happened to my daughter This is the person who's caused her more pain than anyone else in the world. I hope he rots in hell. You know, I kind of get it.
2: It's very uncomplicated for him. Yeah, (laughs) he was probably excited when they divorced and then he's rolling around again. Like, I thought we were done with this guy. Right?
1: What are you doing
2: (laughs) on my property? (laughs) (laughs) Get off my lawn.
0: Yeah. Well, I liked the conversation Zeke has with Camille about, about it. And I like that, you know, Camille just keeps saying stuff like, well, don't call him that. Don't call the cops. Like she just, it's, it's complicated for Camille the same way it's complicated for Sarah. And for Zeke, it's very black and white. Yeah. No Mm -hmm. asshole. He's, he should leave. He should not be around.
1: (laughs) I also thought it was funny that she was trying to persuade him to apologize just like Amber was trying to persuade (laughs) Max to apologize. Uh I did
0: not connect that. That's great.
1: Well, let's talk about Max.
0: Yeah. Good segue. Thank you. (laughs) I will say not to to
1: pick on Max, but here we go. But (laughs) I felt like Adam and Christina, I guess I'm picking on Adam and Christina. They were only expressing sympathy for Max, but not trying to help him understand why what he did was wrong. You know, I think Max's position is I didn't do anything wrong. And they didn't even try to say, here's why that's not true.
2: Mm -hmm. They were
1: just like, we know, poor Max. That's not helping him. Just no one has said to Max, when someone wants to sit somewhere else for lunch, you either need to let them or join them. You can't just insist that things be your way and then shove a kid to the ground when he won't do what you say. Also, I reviewed the scene from the last episode. Just because Max repeatedly said, Jabar I had wanted hit to go first. back and
2: watch that, and I never had a chance to because I, I remember it happening, but not to the point that, oh, well, he hit me first. I'm like, well, what happened to get there? And I, yeah. I should have gone back
0: to watch that. I should have too. Well, well tell te- us, Caleb. <laughs>
1: technically, Jabbar does shove Max first, but Max initiates physical contact. He's holding Jabbar by his arms and not letting him leave.
0: Mm. And
1: he does let him go, and then Jabbar shoves him. Also, Jabbar shoves Max back onto the lunch bench. Max shoves Jabbar to the ground. Mm -hmm. Which is not to say that I think Jabbar is entirely innocent, but it's certainly not like, oh, well, they should be getting equal punishments. No, Max is older, Max is bigger, and Max's behavior was at the root of this issue.
0: Mm -hmm. This is a weird comparison, But I remember years ago when the whole Ray Rice thing happened in the elevator with his fiance at the time. Can you
1: refresh my memory?
0: Yeah, Ray Rice was on an elevator with his fiance, and she was like hitting him, but she was so much smaller than he was that her like hitting him was not causing him any pain. You know, it was, and his response was punch her in the face and knock her out cold. And then he dragged her off the elevator by the hair. Oof. And there were, it was a hugely upsetting video. And I was shocked at how many people said, well, women want equal rights. They want, you know, they hit a man. This is what you get. They, they acted like that was equal. And I'm like, that's not equal. Like, while it's not okay for her to hit him, what he did to her is not equal to a, you know, like a little shove, basically. And this, I'm sorry, I made it super dramatic. I know that that's not what happened with Max and Jabbar. But, you know, Jabbar a little kid trying to let, you know, he can't use his words. Max isn't respecting what he's saying. He's frustrated. And so to me, yeah, it's not equal. Max, who's three years older, shoving a little child to the ground when Jabbar is just trying to be like, leave me alone. Let me have some, you know, it just, so yeah, if that was too weird, you can cut it, but I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'd make, yeah, I, I followed. Okay. Well, but I just think sometimes Max is so technical about, well, he, this is exactly equal. I'm like, it's not, you're taking out the nuance. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's perhaps
2: even farther off, but it's Good. just like, in, we go. well, that in, in sports, it's always the second guy who gets in trouble, you know, mm. in basketball, you get shoved and you get angry. And so you shove the other guy back. Well, it's the second guy shoving. That's going to get the foul called. And, you know, same in football, it's going to be the second guy who is holding, who gets caught, not the first guy. Hmm. And not that that's a great lesson for Max. Like don't be the second guy be the first guy <laughs> <laughs> but that's generally the way it goes second guy gets in trouble because you should have the, the cooler head to prevail you know maybe he shoved you jabbar would have been in more trouble if max had not retaliated that's true if he had been the only one yeah mm-hmm. yeah like you shoved max
0: you can't do that max let him eat alone if he wants to <laughs> well kind of like we said with like crosby and Jasmine. Crosby actually had some points in his complaints about Jasmine, like treating him kind of like a child and controlling him. But then he slept with Gabby, and that was way worse than any of his complaints. Totally outside, not the same, Crosby. (laughs) Right, and so now he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He can't be like, "Well, you were a little bit controlling." It's like, "Well, you slept with someone. You were a little bit (laughs) (laughs) promiscuous. Yeah, (laughs) unfaithful. You were a little bit cheating." A little bit cheating, <laughs> and so yeah, you're totally right because he would be able to be like, "Well, Jasmine sometimes is unfair with me, but now, no, nope, you can't, yeah, you can't say that." And he could be like, "Jabbar was a little bit physical with me, and maybe if the Ray Rice video had just been him being pushed, he could have pressed assault
2: hadn't... charges
0: on her. Yeah. I mean, there's video
2: yeah. of her beating him, but instead." Yeah. Did not take the high road and was in far more trouble.
1: Yeah, yes. Second man. Second man. Well, that conflict led to one of my I mean, I I'm just going to say one of my favorite storylines maybe ever. Wow. That involved Amber, even though it was so random. I'm not sure I buy the setup. Like, why did well, Christine yeah, you're
2: coming in. No, you're the perfect person. I'm like, what? What makes her the I mean, I love Amber. I love her character. I love Amber. And I'm like, why is she the perfect person for this job? I don't understand. And like Hattie's
1: not even in this episode. So it's like, what's she doing that she can't go sit with her brother? Yeah. You know?
0: Although she's in high school still and Amber is not.
1: Okay. You I just win. thought of that. That's that's an explanation.
0: Although I've gotta say I love the storyline too, and I'm gonna just let you gush about it in a moment. But I was really torn. I was like, should she? offer to pay amber for this like i i just thought who goes to someone's house and says here's some free labor i need you to do for me it starts today oh it's and for an it's hour. all week it's all week <laughs> <laughs> it's because, you know, like I-, I just thought it was hugely presumptuous. And maybe I was just angry a little bit or bitter, might be a better word. That I'm like still in my head thinking of the time that Christina basically insinuated that Amber was a whore and a bitch. And I'm like, did you ever make that right? Or are you just now asking the whore bitch to do <laughs> a favor for you for free? I don't know. I didn't care. If for it that. had
1: been just sitting with him, maybe she could be unpaid. <laughs> But it's certainly what Amber ends up doing. She should be paid.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was. Well, and Christina really work. just slid that in at the end. Like, if you could just sit with him, that would be great. You know, starts today. Oh, and help him write that apology letter to Jabbar. <laughs> be persistent because he's going to hate it. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just got infinitely harder what That's you so asked true. me to do. Yeah.
1: Well, the way Amber works with him. I, I love I that. I just, I think it's incredible. I have two clips. Here's the first one.
4: Jabbar. I'm very
1: sorry for hitting you.
4: Okay. Now, like you mean it for two. I did. Really? Yes. Okay, how about this? I'm gonna say it two times, and you can tell me which one you think means more, okay? Okay. Okay. Jabbar, I'm very sorry for hitting you. Or, Jabbar, I'm very sorry for hitting you. Okay, which one means more? I'm not sure. Max, which one? You really can't tell which one means more.
1: Oh. Can I have a dental? And then she just gives it to him, <laughs> like oh. the whip cream, like Adam and Christina <laughs> yeah. would. But I thought it was a really nice, straightforward way of showing us what some of Max's challenges are. Because, like, mm-hmm. especially for someone like me, who I don't have really any experience in real life with that. But I hear them say all the time, "Well, Max has difficulty reading social cues." what does that mean exactly? And this was like that Mm -hmm. he cannot tell what sounds like a genuine apology and what doesn't. Oh, well, that would be a big challenge in all sorts of ways. And this, and it felt like a really organic way to show that.
2: Yeah. I liked seeing Amber's reaction to it too, that it dawned on her. He really doesn't know, you know, that she was having the same realization that you were like, this is what you're talking about. This is You know, I'm seeing
0: firsthand what one of his difficulties is. Totally. And she handled that so well. You know, like I feel like at first she was like making sure he wasn't just putting her on, Mm -hmm. but she she got it very quickly that he wasn't. And then she was compassionate and then started recalculating. Like, How do I deal with that? Yeah, then? problem I-? solving. Yeah, that. it was really good. Impressive. And what she comes up with
1: was showing him, you know, the video of <laughs> Bill Clinton apologizing. <laughs> I and liked then that choice. analyzing it.
4: What do you think he was feeling? Sad. Yes. Okay, so why do you think he was feeling sad? Because he's saying, I'm sorry. Yes, that's true. But what about his face or... What about his eyes, what are they doing? Well, his eyes are facing down. Yes, his eyes are facing down. Very good, facing down. Right, okay. So what else, like, is he smiling or? No, he's not smiling. Not smiling, okay. Hmm. Uh, And his voice, it sounded real Mm love, like this. And he wasn't very loud. Yes, great, these are good notes. You ready to try one? Yes. Jabbar, I'm very sorry for hitting you. Okay, your eyes. Jabbar, I'm very sorry for hitting you. And your voice. Jabbar, I'm very sorry for hitting you. Max, that was so good. Oh my gosh. Okay, now I want another Ah, uh, okay. Jabbar, I'm very sorry for hitting you. Very good. Oh, wait, what do we say? Thank you. Eyes? Thank you. Tone? Thank you. Ah, oh, beautiful, my favorite student. Ugh.
1: It just warms my heart. Okay, here, I'm going to take this moment to be my little soapbox moment. But I remember thinking at the time, and I still think this now, mm. that especially coming off of Amber not getting into college and not knowing what she wanted to do with her life, that this would have been an incredible opportunity for her to realize that she had a knack for working with autistic kids and that she could embark on a career as a behavioral aide. I still think that would have been an awesome trajectory for her character and no spoilers, but I feel like it would have been better than what she ended up doing, which was practically nothing. And she was mostly defined by who she was dating. I felt like for the rest of the series, Mm -hmm. I think watching her discover a skill that she didn't even know was a skill and going because she would have to be proud of the progress she made with Max like his apology at the end was incredible yeah and I had I I had a lot of satisfaction that like she made more progress with him in three scenes than Adam and Christina have in three seasons (laughs) and I just think it would be so I I think I would love to see her be excited about it like oh my gosh I'm actually good at something yeah and then it could also maybe fill in the gaps of like is anyone working with Max? Like Gabby was the only one in all of Berkeley. Anyway. it
0: didn't. Gabby ha- gave them that list and they, she never, did. they never. Anyway, it didn't it.
1: happen for Amber, but I think that would have been awesome. I still like this storyline, even though it was just a one-off. I thought it was excellent.
0: She really would have been a terrific teacher. You know, as a teacher, I was just like, She uses humor, you know, she um, has great rapport. And I know that they're cousins, but she even said to Christina, I don't really know him that well. So I feel like they were kind of starting from scratch. And I think she just kind of has good rapport with everyone. She's good at reading people the way that Max isn't. She's very good at that. Yeah. And so, yeah, behavioral aid or or teacher, she just, yeah, really good at that.
2: Maybe she was on Gabby's list and that's what Christina meant by you're the most
0: qualified for this Oh, <laughs> surprise twist secret backstory i like it i did really love at the end that i was gonna jabbar say does, was like oh sorry i didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you go ahead no no that's fine what were you gonna say because we'll i bet you're
2: well in the delivery room when he's getting ready to read the letter to jabbar and he's like all right enough about the baby <laughs> Who's his like, two hours two hours old enough about the baby I have to apologize yeah. to Jabbar and everybody's going to listen because this is such a
1: good apology. <laughs> you know, and I didn't even think about it until now. It was just like six months before this. Max was like shouting to anyone who would listen that he didn't care if Amber lived or died. Yeah. <laughs> and and now she's, you know, saving his butt
0: at lunchtime. Oh, I I also really liked that Jabbar forgave him immediately and was like, it was so light. quickly, No big deal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's no be big friends. Deal. So
2: cute. That's how it. That's how it works for kids. That is. They've got, they got
1: goldfish memories. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Zoe and Julia. I love them. I have a question. Yeah. So yeah. I, I feel like up to now in this season, we don't really know much about Zoe, and um, Julia initially clearly had an ulterior motive in helping her with you know like her landlord stuff. Now that that motive is out in the open and has been addressed and it's starting to seem like Zoe doesn't have a lot of people around her to help her. Is Julia still overstepping or does that make it okay or better?
2: You know, it's interesting because I, I didn't rewatch the season up to this episode. I only rewatched this episode and I couldn't remember you know, how that had all went down. But I had questioned, like, she's still doing all of this in hopes that Zoe will just give her the baby. Because at this point, Zoe had had said she was going to put the baby up for
0: adoption, right? Yeah. And Julia had asked for the baby. Yeah. And Zoe said, no, and I'll tell you why. I want a closed adoption. I don't want to know the person. Yeah. She did tell Julia And
1: Julia said, I understand.
0: Yeah.
2: So to me... I'm glad that somebody was helping Zoe because clearly, like you said, it was obvious that she did not have a lot of help. But in my mind, I'm like, she's still kind of being all braverman and thinking that she's, you know, I can will you into giving me this baby and just being not pushy because she wasn't still asking for the baby, but not genuinely motivated.
1: Right. Or was she motivated by like, let me make it up because... I totally overstepped. Oh, I thought she was still just making a play
2: for the baby. Like, no, I I can prove to you that you don't want to give it this worked. baby to anybody yeah. else.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I think I might be naive for many reasons. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing that's making me think that is watching this episode, I was like, this is so precious. They're genuinely having a friendship. And Julia's not trying to get the baby anymore. Like I totally just believed that she was trying to help Zoe maybe out of guilt. Like I overstepped before, like I felt like she honored Zoe's decision to have a closed adoption and that she was genuinely surprised at the end of the episode when Zoe says, you know, that, that she'll give it. But I, now I'm like, Oh, that's probably real stupid. Melissa. (laughs) Like probably it's in her head that this is a possibility if I can just seem great enough. And if my family can seem great enough, why don't I bring her over to my house where my perfect husband lives and is letting <laughs> Sydney, you know, paint his nails and, and he's uh-huh. making a delicious meal. Like she knows what her house is like and she doesn't call Joel and see if it's okay. Cause she doesn't want Joel to say no. Like, Well, well, she never does, and in that
2: respect, that's I'm like she's doing that to Zoe too. You know Mm. that she's like, Uh, you know, this is what I want. I'm gonna get it. However, steamroll you. I'm gonna steamroll you until you submit.
1: Well, she totally does it. She totally does it with Joel. Hey,
4: I know, I know, I know. I just I couldn't drop her off alone at her apartment. She had kind of a bad scare. Her boyfriend seems like a jerk. She couldn't even call her mother.
1: Oh, okay. So she's going to
4: get back on her feet in the morning.
1: Morning? morning. Was she spending the night? Yeah, it's one night. I'm glad we discussed this. <laughs> Classic Julia. Yeah. yeah. Poor Joel. Yeah, why doesn't he leave her already? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, just that's she's big, big... Joel had never even met her, Yeah. you know, because we saw them meet 10 seconds before that exchange. That's 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 a problem. It I just is a said problem. That seven times.
0: I really like Julia, and I especially like her in this episode. Like when she does the whole cupcake wars thing to just not have Zoe be alone. And I, I mean, I'm like, do you even like cupcake wars, or do you just recognize that that's what the show is? And I just need, to, you know, to yeah. s- sit here with you and have an excuse to let you have a friend. I think that did a lot to win me over, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. But now I'm like, even that was calculated. Wasn't well, it? and don't get me wrong. I think that was, you know, she did pick up on
2: that. And I don't think she's a heartless monster who was being just <laughs> totally ruthless and trying to get this baby. But I just yeah. don't think her motives were hundred percent pure.
1: Yes. Yeah. I could see that. And I will say, I mean, I don't think you're totally naive either because definitely a big ingredient of this is that I think <laughs> Zoe was clearly a willing participant, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she was clearly touched when Julia stayed to watch cupcake wars and, you know, no one was keeping her in that house hostage. So I think that's a huge part of it. Is Zoe aware of what's going on? You know, the first time around she was not right. She did not know she
0: was blindsided that. yeah. Yeah.
1: And now she does. So I think that's a big part of it. Lindsay, Did you ever have Braxton Hicks contractions?
2: I did. None that ever sent me to the hospital. And so these were my two questions. How far along is she supposed to be I wondered that too she looks very far she along looks very be. far along and this is her first baby which you and and every baby's different and every woman is different but I just thought it was kind of an extreme stomach for a first baby
1: do first mm. pregnancies tend not to show as much
2: I hardly showed with my first and then my third it was like oh am I 15 minutes pregnant there's my giant belly already <laughs> showing. <laughs> So it was just surprising to see that. And I also don't know that they keep anybody with Braxton Hicks. It seems like her contractions had stopped by then. I can't believe they would keep her in the hospital overnight for that. I thought that was odd too, but I haven't seen her chart. So I don't know what else she had going on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. I did notice it this time because I thought she looked about as pregnant as Christina. Mm -hmm. And Christina was giving birth. (laughs) Right. <laughs> right.
1: Well, and like at the beginning of the season, Zoe had like a teeny tiny bump in the very first episode, enough for Julia to go, "Oh my gosh, are you pregnant?" like she actually didn't know the answer. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly, won't there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Tag team back
0: again.
2: And maybe she maybe more time has passed than we know because you can kind of just pop and I don't know when she's supposed to deliver. That's why I'm like, "Where how far along? Maybe lots of time passed."
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Well, Melissa, I pulled one,
0: oh, like you. one
1: single line. Just I really you found said, this
0: delightful. Wanna play with me? Uh, oh uh, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I really. It wasn't that she said what the hell. It was like I feel like a lesser actor would have been like what the hell, you know. But she kind of said it more like uh, what the hell. Like it could have been <laughs> like you know sure, or it could have been like. What does this kid want? Like, I don't know. The, the Just delivery of that line really cracked me up. And I just, she continues that actress to do so much She's with so little. Awesome. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. Well, and
2: that's, I thought that line was also a good indicator of how ready she was to be a parent. Like, mm, not, not that you would never swear around your children. It's not that bad, but this child that you have met exactly one time who is clearly yeah. not an adult <laughs> that you'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, language perhaps. Yeah. I just yeah. found it. So and just funny. that she's
1: not comfortable around kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, sh- this is not someone with little ones in their Who's life. Ready
2: to be a mom.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and then this later scene that I'm going to play now, it, it feels like we're actually learning information about Zoe just by watching how she interacts with this family.
3: Hi, Zoe. Hey. How
1: are you? Morning. Hey. Good.
3: Look, we got another sleepyhead in the
4: house.
1: Yeah, you beat her. Well, that's a pretty big it's accomplishment.
4: It's like pretty hard. <laughs> are you getting your nails painted?
3: No. Why? Oh God. How'd this happen? Purple, huh? Mm-hmm.
4: Figured you're more of like a red, red kind of guy. Oh, you did, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I heard I'm gonna
4: let that. Let that dry for a minute. Made you decaf? Milk? Sugar? Uh, yeah, milk and sugar. Thank you. Get used to that. Can I paint your nails next? You got black? <laughs> I've got sparkly black. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Can I touch your baby? Baby. Sydney, no. What? Aunt Christine lets me?
1: Aunt Christina's family. I
4: mean, it's a little different. It's okay. Come on. So Get on it. Give me. Are oh. you having a boy or a girl? Sydney. Respectful privacy, maybe? I'm having a boy. It's a boy.
1: <sighs> oh. Oh. oh, that was so touching. Well, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it also made me wonder, Lindsay, I mean, I kind of know the answer to this a little bit, but what were your kids' attitudes about your pregnancy? Like, did they think it was super cool or was it just like, who cares?
2: About this last one, uh, Avery was over the moon and she was so obsessed with the baby even before she was born. Tripp was fairly indifferent. You know, if you ask him, oh, are you excited? He would say yes, but he would hardly ever initiate any sort of affection toward the bump. And I think it was still a little, the idea was a little abstract for him. You know he's only hmm. four, so he wasn't quite sure. <laughs> he he hmm. definitely knew there was a baby in there, and he knew when he was jumping on me, he'd be like, "Oh, is that hurting your baby?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he would know to ask, but he was fairly oblivious, I think, to what was really happening. But he he loves her now, and he'll get down on the floor and and lay with her, which is really adorable. But
1: hmm. oh, would you ever get strangers? Touching your belly, like maybe not. I have never six-year-old girls
2: had that happen. Good. <laughs> I cannot imagine what would possess somebody to touch another person like that, especially without permission. I've had people try to touch my children, mm. but not not me while I huh. was pregnant. Well, they'll come, you know, strangers in Walmart. You pass them in your shopping cart. And they're like, Oh, what a cute baby. And they'll want to touch their hand or brush their hair, you know, hand on the head or something like that. I'm like, uh, don't touch my baby.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, but you said, especially without permission, props to Sydney for asking, mm-hmm. you know, Joel and Julia were like, Hey, Hey, don't ask yeah. her that. But at least she knew that's something you need to when she's ask very about. young, was- Like
0: that's very aware. Yeah. And it was clear that Zoe found that charming mm-hmm. or, yeah, like... Cut a kid a break. Cut a kid know? a break, yeah. <laughs> it was a sweet moment. And I really like how Zoe was obviously feeling a lot of emotions about that. Mm-hmm. But again, deflected with humor, like saying, you know, get on it. Like, you know, yeah. like like she was able to sort of minimize what an intense moment that was. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think making
2: it very real for her too. I have a friend who... Um, years ago had gotten pregnant and had not intended to, and she was not married to the father and her intention, I think up until birth, well, maybe not intention, but she had seriously considered adoption for the baby. Mm -hmm. And I would think it would be really easy to kind of pretend like it's not happening, you know, that if it's not Mm -hmm. something that you wanted or planned that you could, well, it's not really real. There's not really a baby. Cause I can tell you, it's pretty surreal. Even if that's what you were trying to do, you know, the fact that there's a person Mm -hmm. inside you, that's just going to come out one day and be a person is is kind of a strange, especially for your first, a strange thought to wrap your head around. But when somebody's coming and touching your belly and like, well, yeah, there's a little boy in there. Mm -hmm. This is real. We're all we can all see it, which means it's real. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's probably a very real moment for her.
0: I noticed, too. Yeah, I thought it was such a good choice for the show to have Sydney ask about the sex. Because, yeah, it makes it not an it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed at the very end of the episode, she did use the word it. And that feels to me like a distancing word, mm-hmm. right? If like, you
1: want my baby, you can have it. Yeah. yeah. And she knows
0: it's a boy and she doesn't say you can have him. She says it.
1: And Julia tries to hug her and she
0: I thought that holds was, her at arm's length. This line.
1: is a
2: business transaction. We, are yeah. not, we can't be friends.
1: Yeah. It's odd though. The whole story made me wonder if Zoe would reconsider having an open adoption. Getting to see the family, you know, that is what she says changed her mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I the idea of open adoption used to seem unimaginable to me. But I read Dan Savage's book, The Kid, which was about how he and his husband adopted. And it was an open adoption where you know the birth mother and you have a relationship with her as much as you both want for the kid's whole life. And he made a really compelling case. And it's mostly just, you know, there's no secrecy. There's never any moment of discovering, learning that you were adopted, wondering, where am I from? You know, Mm -hmm. it's all above board. and, And yet the idea of closed adoption makes sense to me, too. But now that she sees these people, knows them, likes them, I wondered, might she think, hey, maybe I could have a presence, have a role without the burden of having to be a full-time single mom?
2: I think it all depends on your motivation for putting your child up for adoption. Because I think in in her situation, what I'm gathering from this is that she doesn't feel capable of providing a stable home. It's not necessarily that she wouldn't love the child, but that she doesn't feel like she's good enough to be a mom and Mm. to sit witness to another family doing what you potentially want to be doing I think could be uh-huh. a real dagger to the heart like oh watch these awesome people do what I can't do what's wrong with me mm-hmm. you know just kind yeah. of an
0: extra salt in the wound she even says that later in the car she says something like my life is such a mess mm-hmm. and I thought oh that's yeah. really sad and, and
1: I-, I noticed after she told them they could have the baby at the end her face as she walked away You know, I think she she must have felt like it was the right decision, but it doesn't make it an easy decision.
2: She looks pretty heartbroken, I thought. Yeah, Yeah.
1: just crushed, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. The Zoe storyline continues to impress me. It shouldn't work at all. It's like (laughs) so off the wall, like the latte girl. You tried to buy her baby, but we're cool. We sorted it out. and. Come have a sleepover, okay? You can have my baby. It's what, <laughs> and yet it I honestly so think stupid, I but... honestly think it's like ninety nine percent Rosa Salazar who plays Zoe. She just sells the humor. She sells the heart of it. I and Joel and Julia are are great too. But mm-hmm.
0: I completely agree. I think her humor makes her feel like a real person because otherwise, this would seem like yeah, totally unrealistic, but the 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 comments she makes continually it makes it real it, it's rooted in something. I don't know. I feel like I know who she is and she isn't just the latte girl.
1: <laughs> I mean the fact that Julia trying to buy the latte girl's baby comes across as more believable than Sarah wrote a play. <laughs> <is> like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, something's up. You're you're really nailing one of those it's stories because- and you're really
0: <laughs> not nailing the other one. It's because they brought in Rosa Salazar and not Richard. Richard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Zoe is not a cartoon character. She's a guest star, absolutely. but yeah. she's like a real person yeah. and uh, that makes all the difference. Um, and I buy their friendship. I think that's maybe why I felt a little naive earlier when I said, Oh, I was just kind of with them. I mean, I think it's a strange friendship because they're not on equal footing at all you know, Julie, there's a real power, you know, imbalance and, and although
1: of- look who's serving who coffee in this episode. That's
0: <laughs> right. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's nice. That's well, and Melissa, I think it's nicer that,
2: that you feel naive than me who feels so cynical because <laughs> the look on Julia's face that she gave to Joel when she heard that it was a boy To me, it was almost like, I want this baby even more, you know? (laughs) Then we'll have one of each. That that sounds so cynical, (laughs) but I'm like, cool your jets. She's right there, Julia. She can see your face.
0: (laughs) That's a good point. I think you're right, though. I think that meant something when they found out it was a boy, because I'm sure she'd be happy with any baby she could get. But I mean, it's Julia. I'm sure she was like, white picket fence one boy, one girl, you yeah. know, like, like all, yeah, all the things.
2: Little Joel Jr. in there. Like, let's, let's make this family whole, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. If she'll steamroll over that one too.
2: <laughs>
0: JK.
1: <Are> you? <laughs> good, good question. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about really the other two storylines, Crosby and Adam, I feel like intertwine. First of all, I, I want to just note that, Adam and Crosby walking into the luncheonette with the hate street sign didn't look filmed in front of a green screen at all.
0: Oh, I truly didn't I notice. didn't even oh.
1: notice. Oh, okay. Then I guess I'm just an asshole. No, but I everyone, don't think
0: that's the conclusion. I think know. it looks,
1: I think it looks very, and like the whole lighting is so different from then and then when they're inside, but I guess outside to inside, the lighting would be different. One is the sun.
2: I'm going to go um, back and watch it. <laughs> Yeah, it's I now think I think that it's a special a effects
1: scene. shot. Anyway, I also huh. thought, you know, I haven't looked anything up in a while. <laughs> so they're on hate street, which is a a very well-known street. It's the main street through San Francisco's Haight Ashbury district, which became famous as a bohemian enclave in the 50s and 60s. Hippies sought out a community based upon counterculture, drugs and music. And the neighborhood offered a concentrated gathering spot. For them to create a social experiment that would spread throughout the nation. I stole that like word for word from Google. So if you're wondering why I phrased it that way, I didn't. How is hate spelled? H-A-I-G-H-T. Okay. I don't know if they referenced it yet, but I feel like they do eventually reference the luncheonette's history because it is, like, in the center of this place that was defined by hippies and music and counterculture I and stuff. I
0: think earlier in the season he mentions that it's Hayden Ashbury Okay. Because I didn't feel like that was brand new information to me. I think he says it to Adam in a weird, like, there's, like, inspirational music playing behind him. And he's, like, talking about it and and... You know, Janice Joplin played here and so and so. I feel like it was in that episode yeah, somewhere. I think
1: you are right. Anyway, about Adam, have
0: have either of you
1: ever felt completely unhip? <laughs> I immediately had a, a flashback to a, a friend of mine who was an actor and he had an audition for Holler If You Hear Me, which was a Tupac musical mm-hmm. and he asked me to coach him on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know it was Tupac popular. I'm so sorry that I've had, laughed
2: already before the rest of the story. I know. You
1: you should. You should <laughs> because there was no singing in it. It was all rap and so really my my primary function was to rap the parts that weren't this actor so mm-hmm. that he could know when do I enter and and when when am I done and feel the rhythm of it. <laughs> He was really good at rapping and I'm me. Not mm-hmm. so good at rapping. My rapping is like the opening number of Music Man. It's a model T you for admit people want to go. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> um, but he got the job. So, you know, who's laughing now?
0: Who's laughing now? That's awesome. That's great. Um, I'm sure I felt unhip. I was going to say there had to have been a million times in
2: high school that I felt that way. So It's hard to pinpoint.
0: Yeah. One in
2: particular.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I remember lying to someone who asked me where I got my prom dress. Like we were all talking about prom and it was somebody who I wasn't friends with and she was very popular. And I had gotten it at a thrift store. And I said... Dillard's, I think, like wherever I imagined cool people bought their dresses, which I don't know if that's true. And it's funny because now I'm like, oh, a thrift store is a very cool answer. Yeah, now. That's,
1: that's in now.
0: Yeah. But when I was in high school, I feel like that wasn't the case. Yeah. Like it was that we went there because I was poor. That's why we bought it there. <laughs> and so I, I just remember never feeling like I could fully own certain things. And now I just own them, which really it's just confidence I think that makes a person hip it would, and, and I don't know and I, I also thought and it being was, yourself because yeah. like
1: when Adam was there with them I don't think they were expecting him like I think it's insulting that he was trying to be their version of hip yes. I think they I would have totally was
2: terrible and The worst possible thing I could have worn because I agree, that it was insulting.
1: Yeah, it was. And if he had been if he had been himself, I think they would have been like, this is okay. This is who this person is. I also genuinely.
0: I also was like, how does Crosby say unbutton a button and don't tuck your shirt in result in him spiraling (laughs) and choosing that? Like, I, I was just like, I don't I mean. I don't even fault Crosby because I don't think Crosby was like, get an entirely new outfit and change your damn personality. <laughs> I wrote the
2: exact same thing down though. Like yeah. Crosby said, unbutton the button. Yeah. Not- like chill out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well and I- that Adam would have, would have taken it to that level of cool. Like Crosby fits in. So it would have, yeah. it made more sense to me if he had tried to dress like Crosby and not like some caricature of a rapper. Yeah.
1: Yes. When I was like, "Do they have mirrors in that store that Adam was in?" No, like, because he didn't see himself and, in the car. And you know, to his credit, at least once he saw his reflection, he knew that it, it wasn't I good. I had made but a misstep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've made a horrible mistake. I also
1: loved earlier. It's actually one of my favorite Christina moments, just her ragging Adam on his wardrobe. Oh, I, I did spliced enjoy together that. some of her critiques.
0: Oh, fun. What are you where is I don't know.
3: I'm just uh, I'm putting together uh, some different looks because Crosby asked me to hip it up for this for this meeting. Stop and what?
4: to hip it up. Kind of fit in. You can't wear that. Why? It's
3: awful. I know it's a little dim sum, but it's clean. <laughs> Honey,
2: why don't you just wear a
3: suit? I can't wear a suit. I got to try and fit in with these guys. You know, we got to try and land this account. You know, this is important. Okay. We want to get these guys in the recording studio. Okay, so I really, I need you to be on our side. Can you do that? Uh, yes. And I'm just trying to figure out an outfit that's not going to be, you know, too much, but it's going to help. That ain't it. Wow, yeah. this is just awful. That's right?
2: hideous. That's bad. Out.
3: Did you get me this?
2: Hideous. I never got that for you. I think your mom did.
1: Right. I loved that. I think I your, think mom, your did. mom
2: did. I think
0: your mom did.
1: Like yeah. that's a Christina I can get on board with. Yeah. Just well, and that Adam white
2: shirt—did he already
0: own that? <laughs> I, I guess. I, why? Um, why would that ever? Like, yes, I should spend. Why money would you buy this. something that you would be like, it's a little dim sum? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. I. <laughs> it's hideous. <laughs> I do have to say, like, even though there's obviously like comedy in him walking down the street, spinning around, and everything. I've I found it like distractingly non-believable that he would yeah. think he looks so cool that he spun around. You know, like and offensive, like we just this whole like appropriation. I, I don't know, the whole thing I was like, oh, I feel like this is in really poor taste, really tone-deaf. I didn't care for it. And Adam's of that. not stupid. No. Like, like even though he says, oh,
1: some guy was like selling me this stuff, so maybe someone was just saw an opportunity to make a buck. But Adam would know, don't put this necklace on me. I can't possibly pull this off.
2: Like, yeah, it has yeah, a bulldog a, on it. Yeah, I was gonna say, was it a bulldog? I couldn't remember. Yes. Oh, you have gosh. to know that's not the way to go. Yeah. No.
0: Unbutton a button. Like I just still, I'm like, what the hell? You you lost your mind. Yeah.
1: So well, in other news, <laughs> Crosby's dissatisfaction with Jasmine dating Dr. Joe leads to his fight with Christina. But I just want to make a comment first about Crosby's position on the issue.
3: So, uh, looks like we're gonna have to get another pediatrician,
4: huh? Didn't we agree that we were
1: seeing people? What's the problem? Yeah,
3: people, not our son's pediatrician.
1: Oh, okay, so now we're, we're judging each other's choices here? How's tough?
3: Oh, tough. Yeah, okay. tough. Well, if Jabbar has a fever of 102, do you have to call tough? That's the difference. I have to call your boyfriend if my kid's sick. You can keep dating him, but we have to get another doctor.
1: Just as I outlined, per the medical code of ethics, two episodes ago, (laughs) he is not completely out of line. Like, I think he has a very legitimate concern about a conflict of interest. I think that should be the beginning of a conversation, not the end of it. Like, he should hear out Jasmine and they should discuss it, but... He's not being unreasonable, I don't think.
2: I didn't think it was unreasonable because it is uncomfortable. You know, I I thought it was better that he suggested that they change the pediatrician than that she stopped seeing him, you know? I think that would have been unreasonable. But to say, hey, you know, we did agree that we were going to date, date who you want, but, and it's all, I think, part of just feeling like you're being replaced as a dad, you know? that And you don't want to talk to that replacement anymore. And not that he would be replaced, but to talk to that person and depend on them for anything. And when they're your child's doctor, well, yeah, you're going to depend on them and their Mm -hmm. expertise when you don't necessarily want to.
0: It's so fun. I think you're both right. But I also found Crosby a little insufferable in this episode, the way that he not only has that conversation, but he also like complains to Adam and complains to Christina. Who's like, I mean, he stresses her out to the point. I mean, like it's his fault. I think that all that happens. Like, I don't think her water would have broken if he hadn't been like bitching and whining about Jasmine dating. And part of me is just like, I have no sympathy. She's dating because she's not marrying you. And the reason for that is because you slept with Gabby. And this is unfair. I'm just like, I keep tracing it back to that. Like, well, you know what? This is all your fault. So she can date whoever she wants. That's not fair. Um, But I do feel that way. I I do feel like
1: he was a little bit catching her on a technicality rather than articulating exactly what about it makes him uncomfortable. Although he did kind of do that. In he the did. Like, pride. I don't want to
2: talk to him when our son is sick.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't he doesn't want to have, have, to want to have anything
2: him. to do with him. you know, do whatever you want with him, but I don't want to talk to him. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I mean, it's a fair point too. He was, he was so hard and fast about it rather than like opening up a dialogue. It's like, well, I guess we're going to do this. Right. Because yeah. you messed up.
0: I also, this is so not the point of anything, but I found it very unfair how everyone kept making fun of Tuff. She can't help her name. I agree that the name is ridiculous, but I'm like, it's her name. All right. And also this, I think that actress never comes back or anything. And she had like one line. I was super impressed by her. (laughs) It's like they just had this little date at the beginning and just whatever line she tossed off. She's like, you are so financially responsible. Like it was like funny. And bantery, I'm like tough's a damn delight. What's everyone's problem? Everyone's acting like she's an idiot because she's got a dumb name. She didn't name herself. I just want to throw that into the universe. And if you um, don't like
1: it, tough. <laughs> 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 oh, that was such a that was low hanging fruit. There. I liked it. Well, let's discuss his fight with Christina. Can't be avoided.
3: You are overreacting. I'm overreacting. Okay. Well, I hope it doesn't ever happen to you, so you don't have to find out whether I'm overreacting. Okay. okay? You're being insensitive. Is what it is. Wait. What'd
4: you just say? I'm insensitive. insensitive. Yes. You know what? You're insensitive. You know what's insensitive? Insensitive. Is you yeah. sleeping with Gabby. Now we can't find a replacement for Gabby still. Oh, okay. you know I also what? think I, that or, it's listen, insensitive I that you did not tell us about Jabbar and Max getting an a fist fight at school
0: because wrong. guess what? Max has detention and Jabbar doesn't. He's off Scott. Oh, it's you're really mad
3: you're mad Max. about that. Because I couldn't bear to tell Adam that Jabbar didn't want to eat with your son. That's you call that insensitive. I call it the definition the of sensitivity. Is. You know
4: what? It doesn't matter. Okay, well I
3: handled it my way and apparently it didn't work. Okay, guess
4: what? You're gonna have to suck it up while my family sees Dr. Joe because he's the best damn pediatrician in town. And oh, yeah. you're not thinking about my family right now. I'm not thinking about you, Christ. Yeah, hey, I care what?
3: about my family oh, too. And okay? while we're at it, don't lie to my husband. I did not okay? lie to you're, him. Yes, you have. Don't How? tell him that you have a client booked and you
4: don't. Just, don't I didn't do tell that. him that I had him booked.
3: Yes, I never you did. said that I had a you client said you had booked. A client okay, book I said people and would follow don't. me over. That doesn't so mean we don't have to meet with them. You need
4: to act like an adult if you're going to be in business with my husband.
3: Okay, I'm in business with your husband, not you. Okay? I don't need to take this from you. I'm going to go close this deal.
0: Close the damn deal because you don't even have a deal to close. I
3: don't
0: know what the hell you're
3: talking about. Crosby. What? Can you come here for a minute? I can't. Listen, I don't have time to have this argument. What are you doing? Water just broke.
1: (sighs) Ooh. (laughs) Practical question for us, Lindsay. Yeah. As someone who's carried children. Um. (laughs) I don't know what that made me laugh you, you have. <laughs> did your water ever break before you were in the hospital?
2: Yes. With trip, it did. I'd gotten up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I got back in bed and I'm like, Oh, I just went to the bathroom. Why am I peeing myself in the bed? And I hopped right up to get out of the bed um, and onto tile. That would be easier to clean that up. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> Uh, my water is breaking. It didn't, it wasn't all at once. It was just kind of a little bit of, at a time. So it just kind of felt like I was peeing in my pants. It's Lovely. uncomfortable. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Am I right that once the water breaks, it really is usually pretty quick.
2: Uh, It doesn't have to be. Uh, that was two or three o'clock in the morning and we had gotten to the hospital and it was eight o'clock and I still hadn't started contractions yet. So no. it can be different for everybody. Other times that I've been in labor with contractions, those cannot really be going anywhere and then they break your water and then it's like a freight train until baby's <laughs> born. Or can be every birth is so different that it's kind of hard to to pinpoint what's normal and what's not, but that's been Ooh. my experience. <laughs>
1: Well, about the fight, and then I have more questions for you about delivery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> you know, I hate it when people dredge up ancient history in real life, but I love it on TV. And I <laughs> love that Christina brought up Gabby, because it's like she would still be mad about that. Mm-hmm. Even if she understood, like, okay, I forgive Crosby, we're going to have our continued relationship. You would never be, I, I, certainly not, you know, just a few months later. You wouldn't just be like, eh, in the past. no. If he's pushing your buttons, you're going to be like, you know what? I still don't have a behavior. Well, yeah. And if they didn't already
2: have a replacement, if they had a replacement already who was acceptable, she'd probably be more over it than
1: still
0: looking for a replacement.
1: Yeah. She wouldn't have to go beg her niece to do it.
0: (laughs) You know, I love Crosby more than Christina. Like it's not even close. And yet oh, wait,
1: you love him more than Christina loves him or you oh, love him more than you love Christina.
0: Both. But I meant the second one. <laughs> okay. I meant I love Crosby okay. more than I love Christina. I and yet the first one <laughs> I love. Oh, yeah. That's probably both true. But even so, I was super annoyed with Crosby during that fight. I'm like, what are you doing yelling at a pregnant woman? Like, and saying, you know what? I hope (laughs) you and Adam never split up and Adam dates the pediatrician. (laughs) So, you know, and I was like, this is just a very immature, dumb thing. It's probably not going to happen because Christina's probably not going to just sleep with someone else. Like you did Crosby. Like, I just thought. You are not owning any of this. I think that's why I felt the way I did. Because, and yeah. I
1: think that's fair. Because I think he has a legitimate gripe with Jasmine. I don't think he really does with Christina. No. Christina can take her kids to whatever pediatrician she wants. That no he probably just interest. feels like her doing it is sort of like a vote for Jasmine.
2: So, which I, she yeah, deserves. I feel like it probably feels <laughs> disloyal to him. Yeah. You know that that Christina should be. Not that she can't be mad. Like Sarah said that day, you know, I'm mad at you about it, but you're my brother. So, you yeah. know, and I think he expected that from Christina as well.
0: That's fair. I just, I gotta say, you know, I love me a good Monica Potterism and I, I her delivery of when he was like, you're just being a little insensitive. And she was like, you're insensitive by <laughs> <Like> the <laughs> way she says it. I'm like, oh, that's just comic gold. And, and I, I did think, Where are you getting off calling this like hugely pregnant woman whose husband has followed you down this rabbit hole of the recording business? And I agree with Crosby that Christina doesn't really know what she's talking about, but she wasn't yelling at him. She wasn't saying, yeah, come in asshole you help yourself to adam's clothes she was like yeah they're up there that's fine i can help you i can help you and drag my nine-month pregnant ass up the steps." yeah she was being very helpful she didn't start yelling at him about this stuff until he called her insensitive and then she's like you know what the gloves are off and i (laughs) thought she was right i was like this is really bad behavior crosby yeah you need to grow up that all this happened because of you side note from that. Did Crosby
2: lie that he had I could not remember and like I need to go back and watch but did he say that that client was booked or like he was reiterating did he say he had people who would follow him
0: I think he said he had people who would follow him so I don't think he lied.
1: And I don't think we ever heard specifically about Mr. Ray. Yeah.
0: I think this is our first time meeting Mr. Ray or, or hearing any about any artist. Him. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I think he, he just... Well, and I remember Adam said, do you have that in writing? And Crosby said, I have it in fist bumps. Yeah. So, yeah, I think basically he might have misrepresented it a little bit, but I don't think he lied. Because that's one of those that
2: I... I get a little defensive of Crosby because I like him as a character yeah. and I feel like he gets such a bad rap. I'm like, are you trying to make him a liar because this is not as necessarily as easy as you thought, but he's not a screw up. He didn't lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to catch a break right now and I'm being called a liar on top of everything else. <laughs> right.
0: That's a very good point. Yeah. And I I mean, I even though I was annoyed with him in this episode, I love him. I find him very charming. It's kind of like the way I can't stay mad at Zeke. I really can't stay mad at Crosby,
1: yeah, okay, more birth questions. yeah <laughs> um, I feel like it's such a thing in movies and TV shows. the pregnant woman being raced to the hospital, running red lights, mm-hmm. speeding. Have you ever done that?
2: No, all of mine were very slow. I started contractions uh, at like seven a m with our oldest and you know, just casually went to the doctor at noon, you know, asking, am I in labor? And she's like, yeah, I'd go home and eat and come back. Like, okay, (laughs) sounds good. I'll see you a little bit later. And then, um, my contractions didn't start for hours with the second. And then I was induced with the third, but contractions started before we got to the hospital so I didn't know that nothing was ever very urgent although I was terrified with a third pregnancy that it would go really fast and that like this episode that Gary would miss it like that was Mm. my number one fear going into delivery it's not that I wouldn't get to the hospital in time it's that Gary wouldn't get to the hospital in time if he was still working
1: well because he's a surgeon so Mm -hmm. if he's in the middle of
2: if he's in the middle you know, of a surgery, he can't just say, okay, got to go. Tapping out. Leaving somebody <laughs> open on the table. That's just, that's not good medicine. No. <laughs>
1: no. Overall, what did you think of Christina's birth? Did it seem believable or?
2: I thought more not? believable than the screaming lady from a few episodes ago that you were talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yeah. Although I don't, I, I'm not sure that I have the best frame of reference, you know, I've only been present for my three deliveries. And then one friend I was in the room up until she it was time for her to push. And she was not screaming like that either. Am I correct
1: (laughs) in remembering though that that friend would not curse? that because I feel like you were saying she was going like she
2: we got yeah we got to the (laughs) hospital too late for her to get an epidural. She was too far along that is a thing where they're like, no, just, you know, by the time it kicks in, this baby needs to be out. You know, you're that, you're that close to delivering and they wouldn't give it to her. And uh, I remember she, and that shit was just her philosophy in life. She was not going to swear. I'd never heard her use a bad word ever. And I kept telling her, I'm like, Oh, if you're ever going to swear, now is the time to do it. I promise. I won't tell anybody. You know, just let it fly. And she would not, you know, it was owie, 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 owie. (laughs) my (laughs) god!
1: But see, that's so much better because that lets you know something about, I mean, not that her her life is not fiction. Her life is real. (laughs) But like that humanizes her. That's something that's so specific to her rather than, I'm going to curse a blue streak, but I can't. So I'm going to approximate. what? It would have been much more interesting if Sydney's teacher refused to curse, even though she really should be. (laughs) Were did you curse
2: or no? I had comments, I think, all three times from nurses about how quiet I was, because that's kind of that was just kind of my mo. You know, painful contraction. We'll just try to zone out. Like this is not going to last forever. You know, they last a minute or two. When uh, the closer you get to actually delivering. So I would just get real quiet. They'd be asking me questions, just ignoring everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Head down, breathing. When I had just been talking with Caleb about how I couldn't, you know, because that is how I... Labored that it's hard for me to picture someone actually having that extreme experience while they're laboring and yelling at their husband. You know, you son of a bitch, you did, you did this to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it seems so stereotypical that I'm like, you know, do women really say that? And since we had that conversation, <laughs> Caleb. I talked to somebody who was like, Oh, yeah, I was bad. I threw my husband out of the room. Wow. You know, while I was laboring, he was allowed to read his book in the corner, but he couldn't turn the page because the sound of the page turning was too irritating to listen to (laughs) while I was laboring. I'm like, Oh, that's a very different experience than I had. All right, then. (laughs) So it does happen. I guess so. So I think, I think there is there is the spectrum of deliveries (laughs) and however you're able to do it. It's a very tough experience. So whatever you got to do. Yeah.
1: I feel like acknowledging that Monica Potter is a mother of three in real life. So.
2: I would imagine then that that's how her deliveries went. If that's how she portrayed it. Yeah.
1: I, and it it definitely, like you said, it seemed more rooted in reality than the other one. Also, though, the, this is a character we really know and it wasn't being played for laughs at all. Although I did love her and Crosby's dynamic that they were still cl- clearly mad at each other uh-huh. and that she's like, he's staying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she, doesn't she, doesn't, she doesn't
0: want him to, but she doesn't want him to leave. And, yeah. and then when she was like, You're hurting my hand. (laughs) My husband came through the room during this scene and found it really like kind of touching the Crosby, Christina dynamic. And he was like, does this alter the way they relate to each other in the future? And I said, I think maybe it does. Like, I feel like this, if I'm, but but again, it's not meant to be a spoiler because I can't quite remember, but I feel like maybe Christina and Crosby are a little bit closer In the future, after this, I'm going to be on the lookout for that when I rewatch because I feel like there's always been a little bit of distance there, and she's kind of looked at him as a screw up, especially after Gabby. And I wonder if this does kind of mend some of that a little bit that he really kind of stepped up. I mean, he did yell at her and force her to go into labor, I think, but after that, he was very (laughs) kind and. (laughs) helped her through and was was really good.
1: I wondered what it was like for him to be at a birth since he missed Jabars. I thought of that too. That's intense.
2: I think that's why he was definitely more squeamish in the <laughs> delivery <laughs> room than you would anticipate a father being. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never yeah. he's never seen it before. He doesn't know what it's like.
1: Yeah. So Nora is what they end up naming the baby and listeners might remember it from The pilot episode that an NBC vice president died during the filming of the pilot and that she was a close friend of Peter Krause and obviously a a leader of this show, her name was Nora O'Brien. And I kind of assume that this character must have been named in her honor.
0: I love that. I forgot about, that. I mean, I remembered someone had died, but I forgot her name was Nora. That's beautiful.
1: I remember when we did the pilot episode of Parenthood Pals, I realized, oh, I know there's another baby coming with that name. I mm. wonder if that's it.
0: So smart. Such a sleuth.
1: Yeah.
2: I will say that when Christina tells Crosby right after she's born, oh, this is Nora, And Adam is not even there yet. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. "Um, I wouldn't introduce her with her name until she had met her father. (laughs) I thought (laughs) that was a little odd. And perhaps the most unrealistic thing about the whole birth—that she would—and I assume they had discussed the name before she was
0: born. Wouldn't it be funny if they had? Christina just took
2: liberties. You know what? Her name's mine
0: yeah <laughs> so you I weren't would... here you don't get to say <laughs>
2: so that <laughs> you I did like to me. <laughs> was the most unrealistic aspect of the delivery <laughs>
0: honestly well and meanwhile Adam was with Mr. Ray and I was curious did you guys have any thoughts about their interactions
1: I just thought Adam seemed like a dad from the 50s like it's a little crude I think you could do it
0: without the profanity
1: it's like Good for you. Come in here and tell a professional (laughs) musician how to do their job. Like
0: I hated that. Yeah. For that exact reason. (laughs) I I mean, and then ultimately I was like, okay, maybe this is okay because eventually I I like I guess Mr. Ray at least was like, I can believe what this guy says. I think that might have been the point of the scene was that he wasn't just sucking up Mm. like he had not just beautiful things to say about it. And so I think that let Mr. Ray know, okay, he's being honest when he says that what I write is poetry and that, you know, I don't know what I would do if my brother was shot, which I thought those were great comments to make. But I really was like, what are you doing? It is not your business to tell this yet professional musician that he shouldn't curse. And, you know, also for like a white man to like weigh in on what is predominantly, you know, a, a black... Art form. Right. I thought, Oof, poor form, Adam. Don't yeah. overstep this way. But I think that once I realized I think that's why he did it, even though it did come off like a dad from the 50s, I think Mr. Ray just needed to know that he would say what he really thought. Then I'm like, I guess that's what they went with. But I'm like, is Adam super offended by cursing? I feel like this is a new. Maybe
1: if he'd gone right to, I'd let my kids listen to it, if not for the profanity. Mm.
2: Yeah. So that's
1: that's sort of like a compliment. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think it helped that he elaborated on more than the profanity that, you know, clearly he listened to it and he listened Mm -hmm. to more than just, oh, this is riddled with profanity. I I would never let my kids listen to this. Like, no, that there's a real story in there that's very touching and that somebody could get meaning out of. But I would hesitate to do that because of the language. So he could take them seriously. Like, well, he was listening to
1: more than just the bad words. The scene did prompt me to look up one other fun fact. (laughs) Dogs can in fact be racist. I mean, it depends on how you define racism, but they definitely can exhibit negative attitudes towards groups of people, racial categories or other that they haven't been socialized around. Hmm. So you know, if this dog had only been around black people, it's very possible that he would be distrustful of white people. Mm-hmm. But the same could be said, at least from what I read, of like if they've only ever been around men without facial hair, mm. then guys with beards might set them off. So is that racist? You know, you be the judge. You you be the judge. <laughs> you be the judge. You be the judge. But it is plausible.
0: I thought it was bonkers when adam said he wasn't white on the inside what does that mean i think he meant like i've got soul or something but i was like i, I wouldn't say that adam and that was a real dumb thing oh, to say. i, I thought was like I,
2: that would make more sense i was thinking like like don't eat me because i'm not white all the way through
1: that's what i thought too like <laughs> my blood is I'm red, red don't or something spill it. yeah but even that i was like huh it's it was a weird.
0: That's line. less offensive than what I think I interpreted as his being like, "Hey, I'm black on the inside." I'm like, <laughs> "You're not. You're don't not. say that. That's horrific." So you're like, even like, whiter like, on the inside. Adam. You're the whitest <laughs> person in the world. Like we've established this in this episode. Oh, you know?
1: what a blast! <laughs> what
0: a blast. <laughs> well, overall, what did you guys think of this episode? I have a different answer than Lindsay. I think, like, because <laughs> you you kind of already said, "Do you want to?" Do you want to say?
2: Yeah, I mean I liked it. There wasn't um you know just for podcast purposes I'd hoped for a little bit more conflict so that there could be some some different discussions but I think we had some some good discussions despite some stories just advancing rather than there being yeah. a lot of
0: of conflict. I loved this episode. Honestly, I just kept finding it more and more delightful. Like the you're right that the Amber and Max storyline was so sweet. And the Seth, Sarah stuff, even though, like I said, it didn't really have a lot of screen time, it was very impactful. And then the whole thing with Crosby being the one in the delivery room with Christina, I found it. I mean, it was sure, maybe a little contrived how they got there and everything, but I kind of didn't care because it was funny and it was also exasperating and it was, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I enjoyed all the layers that were there and I just, I, I really liked this one. What did you think? I really liked it. You know,
1: Christina has been really enjoyable for a couple of episodes in a row now. I think so too. Which is kind of surprising to me because she, she does get on my nerves. And I know, I know what you mean by the way she speaks too, because she often has a little bit of that upspeak. Where everything is going up at the end of every sentence.
0: <laughs> I've never noticed that, but you're totally right.
1: But um, and then, aside from just like her attitudes about, like, you know, she was such a bitch. To- <laughs> I shouldn't say that. She was so awful to Alex and like she turns on anyone who's like against her kids. So that's how she calls Amber a whore, you know. Mm. Um, but I was like, oh, you're kind of cool. I think I like her working. You know, whatever. Anyway, I liked her pregnant more too. Like pregnant, and she had the file folders out, and it's like I'm all about this. And I like her making fun of Adam. We didn't you know?
0: think we would like her pregnant, and then we did.
1: I yeah, I, I did end up liking her pregnant. And then yeah, I thought the reintroduction of Seth it was troubling, but definitely compelling. Right. Like, oh, uh-huh. where's this gonna go? I already said how much I loved the Amber thing and the continuation of Crosby and Jasmine navigating their new dynamic with one another. I think is really cool. Like, I love that she was there for the birth. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she has relationships with all those people, too. And it's Jabbar's cousin. And and it seemed like it wasn't a big deal that she was there. It was like, um, oh, Jasmine, you're part of the family because you're Jabbar's mom. and Yeah. And then, like I said, the, the Zoe and Julia stuff keeps working when it shouldn't.
0: Yeah. I'm all in for yeah. the Zoe storyline, even though, yeah, it should not work at all. But I love it.
1: But you are right, Lindsay. I think it definitely feels like a a Kind of like in progress episode rather than like there were no big developments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Zoe's saying you can have the baby and, a, and Nora a, was a born. new character, but those are developments. But still, I feel like
0: it's true that it's just like, I don't know. No, no new conflict. Just yeah, yeah continuing conflict. Yes, yeah. maybe. Well, my new favorite character, Tuff, was introduced. So that's a joke, but I really did like her. Go back and watch her one line. She delivers it perfectly. It's like really funny. I'm like, you should keep dating her. Come on the show, Tough. <laughs> Justice for Tough. I don't know.
2: Well, and honestly, when uh, you know when Crosby and Jasmine were talking about dating, she's like, "Oh, we're going to criticize each other's dating choices." How's Tough? I'm like, you're jealous, too. And it's worse for you that she has a stupid name.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I felt
2: like, like, oh, this clown and her name's tough. Get serious. Like, what are
1: you. Yeah. You should. You should should be moving too. Yeah. 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 It's a shame. There's nothing about Joe you can make fun
0: of. Nothing. There's nothing.
1: Beautiful, rich, kind, smart. Perfect man. Likes kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did like that. When they ran into him at the beginning, it clearly was such an accident that none of the stuff Joe was doing was intended to be intimidating. It's not like, oh, well, he knew Crosby was going to be here, so he got this really fancy car. It's like, no, that's just his car. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes you a comfortable Crosby, tough. (laughs) 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 That's just the way it is. That's good. And that they're at this really fancy restaurant. Well, he didn't do it to intimidate you. And kudos to Crosby for taking Tuff to a really nice place. You didn't it's, take her to the, you know, pancake house or wherever. <laughs> the Sand- the run into house, Sandy. I like to eat all yeah. the
0: time. Yeah. You know what? It's what Tuff deserves. <laughs> she, <laughs>
1: she's had a tough go of
0: it. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of Tim. You know? I was like, oh, it's Too comedy much. based on a name. Yeah. No.
1: All right. Well... I think we've done it. I think think we we have squeezed every ounce of meaning out of this episode.
0: (laughs) The way that Christina squeezed Nora. Nora. (laughs) Out of her uterus. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Lindsay, this was great. Thank you so much. And thank Thank you for listening to our podcast.
2: Yes. Thank (laughs) you for having me. I look forward to it every Tuesday.
0: Oh, That's so nice. Thank you.
1: Well, I love you. (laughs)
0: Love you guys, too. Do you have anything you want to plug? Do you want, do you want people to follow you on social media? Um, I want people to
2: um, appreciate stay-at-home parents and working okay. parents. It's a job yeah. all the way around. No matter what you're doing with your day,
0: parenthood is difficult. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, we would like to plug some things, so maybe we could have a little help with that. You can follow
1: us on Instagram and Twitter, at
0: Parenthood Pals,
1: or like us on
0: Facebook. Visit us at parenthoodpals.com.
1: Thanks, guys.
0: (laughs) That was perfect.
1: Until next time, may God bless and keep you always.
0: And may your wishes all come true.